Shomrabyog. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Tiny Room. Welcome back to episode 106 or 105 of Michael and Benjamin's podcast. I am the Michael of Michael and Benjamin's podcast. And don't worry, ladies and gentlemen, the cat emergency has passed. So our unnecessary sweating is now over. A massive welcome back to Ed, although that's not really probably because he never left. He never left. He was in the windowsill. He was sill. in the windowsill. He was in the windowsill the whole time and there were three panicked adults looking for him. But we had heartbreak palpitations nonetheless because... Ed's, Ed's a big fan of the podcast. He's one of the six listeners that listen every week. So. So, no, it's several hundred, Ben. We're all right. <laughs> and I am joined today in the tiny room by the man who is the Steve Irwin of finding cats lost inside the house where they live. It's Ben. Say Pretty ben. good, actually. He usually found quite a few. He's a flaming... Yeah, flaming galah. Flaming galah. Fair, fair dinkum found that cat. Fair dinkum smashed finding that cat. Now that we've found the cat, though, Ben, let's get on with our popular culture podcast. Yes. Michael, I know, like me, you loved Endgame. To a degree. Right. But I also know that, you like me... You forgot to do the theme music. If you <gasps> theme music for the podcast. We don't actually have any theme music. But I hope someone will mix them up for us. I don't want to name any names. Rachel, I hope it's Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you son of a... <laughs> right, go on now. Sprint straight into your thing that you wanted to talk about. Flawless. <laughs> Flawless. Um, when I said, uh, when I said, now that we found the cat, let's get on with the podcast, that was kind of the signal for you to do the thing, but then you forgot. Michael, if there's one thing that we know about Ben... It's that I don't read signals. <laughs> yeah, you don't read signals. <laughs> I can't read them for no. shit. Um, it's one of those things. But anyway, Michael, you're you're a fan of Endgame. I enjoyed Endgame, Ben. You've seen it twice. I've seen it thrice. Thrice. My goodness, that's twice more than I. Um, but I, like like me, Michael, one of the things that you really didn't like was was the the diverse range of representation that was found in the film. Hated it, Ben. Um, the healthy representation of male friendship that was found in the film. Didn't like that either. The fact that most of the female characters were not in a kitchen, Michael. <laughs> I'm not gonna. That's gonna what agree. we didn't like about I'm that. Agree to that one. But thankfully, Michael. Yes. This week. Yes. This week, what one man. Yeah. Has come to our aid, and I assume it's a man. Yes. That's an assumption. Do you think one he might be an incel from America who has taken the black pill? Yes. Came to the aid of everyone and posted a defeminized, a defeminized version of Avengers Endgame. Very good. So yeah, um, to to quote the gentleman himself, and I'm mm-hmm. going to do it in an American accent because right. I assume he's American. Endgame, but shorter, no feminism, no gay shit, less boring filler, less sniffing its own farts, no constant quips, and other small changes. <laughs> other small changes. So, uh, <laughs> it also contains, and most importantly, absolutely no Brie Larson, no, absolutely no Brie Larson, and less kitchen psychology. Oh, very good. Um, do you think he is the type of person who refers to Brie Larson as soft cheese, but unironically? Is this you casually admitting that you made a defeminized torrent of... It was me. It was me. Oh, I no. made it. It's now seven minutes long. No, I don't. That's how I've seen it three times because it's only seven minutes long. I don't think anybody had that complaint about the film. I don't think. Ah, people did. Oh. People did. But look, Ben, you can please some of the people all of the time. You can be please all of the people some of the time, and you can please internet assholes. None of the time. Just, yeah, don't even try. I, I don't even know what gay shit they're referring to. I think Bucky gives Steve a hug at some point. They do. They give each other a hug and a little glance and a little don't take all the stupid with you or something. Yeah, but that's a callback. 
Yeah, well, well, it says no sniffing its own farts as well, which is... But that's the entire movie. That is the entire movie. That's it's a cinematic it's achievement. They're allowed to sniff their own farts. Oh, you're, oh, you're calling it a cinematic achievement now, are you? Yeah, well, now, yeah. <laughs> After our pub argument. Spoken, spoken, no. That's because you were claiming that Avengers 1 was a cinematic incredible achievement. incredible cinematic achievement. <laughs> what are we you. doing? What are we doing, Ben? I will watch that. Because the I, <laughs> I will watch it only if I can steal it for free. Would any of the listeners? No, he put it up on a torrent site. It's not like he. It's not like he re- released it on an official channel. What has he made the cut from? Chinese screen Chinese grabs. Bootlegs, I'd imagine. Chinese bootlegs. Um, it would have to be, wouldn't it? I, look, the quality is going to be shy. Uh, not only in in levels of cinematic. Uh, quality but also probably in, in human soul quality <laughs> it's probably just a very low achievement it's a low point for humanity and internet culture as a whole um, but yeah look it's got absolutely no Brie Larson do you think that, oh I was going to say do you think that he cut out the scene where all of the women of Marvel oh he did momentarily get in Brie Larson's way <laughs> he did yeah momentarily get in Brie Larson's way because she's the most powerful character yeah. in the MCU um, but look I'd say Dormammu well, you see, there's no, there's no mention of Dormammu in, in Endgame. Or Doctor Strange. Or Doctor or Strange. Doctor Strange gets taken off the table. Doctor Strange, but I'd say he's more powerful. Also, than Scarlet Marvel. Witch gave, uh, gave everyone a run for their money there. Yeah, she was going <laughs> to kill that Thanos guy. <laughs> she was going to rain, and that's why he rained fire. He rained fire, yeah. He rained fire. Benjamin. Yes. Speaking of defeminization. Don't, don't talk about my personal life. <laughs> oh, very good. Oh, that's tragic. Ben, <laughs> uh, just before we started this uh, episode, we did our kind of usual thing where we make a list of the things we're going to talk about. We checked it twice. Yeah. And we then, found out who was not your nice. Yeah, and then you just completely disregarded the first thing we were supposed to talk about because <laughs> you were so excited about talking about cooks. <laughs> cooks and <Enzo's. laughs> Ben, we went to... Well, you didn't because you weren't there. I had to work. Yeah, you're talking over the mic there. I had, to work. I, had I had to work. I had to work. We went to the bloody Comic-Con, Ben. The Dublin... No, not the Dublin... Not the Dublin... Comic-Con. Not the Dublin Comic Con. We went to Comic Con Ireland. Yeah. The less good Comic Con. I'm only saying that, Ben, because they don't give us press passes and because it's less good. <laughs> it's like a defeminized endgame. It's no good. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's fine. It's uh it's pretty small. It's like um it's like the first ever Comic Cons in Ireland. It's like travelling back in time ten yeah. years. Although the level of celebrity they managed to attract was surprisingly high caliber. Go on. For a couple of thousand people in a shed. Go on. They had TV's Manu Bennett. Also known as Deathstroke from Deathstroke, the Arrowverse. Deathstroke, yeah. Crixus from the TV show with Spartacus. Uh, he's an absolute lunatic. Follow his Instagram. He's a madman. He's a, you've mentioned this several <laughs> times on the podcast. He's a complete lunatic. Yeah. Um, they had the young Batman from the TV show Gotham. Oh, no way. Yeah. That's weird. Isn't it? That's a good get. They had Walter Koenig. Chekhov from uh, Star Trek. The original check The original, not, not obviously Alchemy not. Because he got killed by his own car. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, that was grim. Um, yeah, they had some... They had, like, that's pretty big names for those, a couple of thousand people small. in the shed. Yeah. Um, they had Vic Miggin... What's his name? Vic, Vic Miggin... Yeah, that guy. He play. He's a voice actor, Ben. And he is the voice actor of Brawly from the TV show Dragon Ball. He apparently, allegedly, Ben, he gets a bit handsy. Oh. He's a bit of a groper. He's the subject of a cancel Vic. Oh. Hashtag cancel There's Vic. A campaign. Yeah. To his name. And you know what that's like as the popular hashtag, hashtag cancel Ben, hashtag cancel Ben. I've been cancelled twice. Yeah. Keep coming back. But hashtag cancel Vic is a big thing. And I think it was the first ever Comic Con controversy in Ireland. Wait, does that imply that I grope people? No. I'm coming back. No, to no, this you now. can be cancelled for any reason. Oh, good. Okay. Uh, hashtag cancel Ben. Follow the hashtag cancel Ben on, on Twitter. Because I'm a racist ben. and a homophobe. <laughs> yeah. 
I deserve a cancel at this point. Yeah, hashtag, hashtag cancel Ben. Yeah, hashtag cancel Let's ben. get that hashtag going. Um, are you excited for, for Kevin Conroy's evening in Dublin? Uh, no. I met Kevin Conroy, I think, two years ago? Was it, when was he here? Two years ago. Was it two years ago? It would have been two years ago. I was stationed at the Comic-Con right oh, beside I, I him. I recall this. Yeah. So uh, he, he kept getting up on the table and shouting in Batman voices. Really? Yeah, he's a nice guy, I think. Like, I, I didn't have a conversation with him then. Let's but not go You're not friends with, with No, with no, Kevin oh Conroy. God, no, not with Kevin Conroy. Because if you're friends with he's not my Batman. Kevin Conroy, I, then I'm, he, see, he is my Batman. He's not my Batman. Michael he's Keaton my, is my Batman. He's Hashtag my Batman. cancel Kevin. No, Batman the Animated Series was formative. I know, we've done episodes on it. Yeah, yeah, we have actually. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's going to have an evening. I might try and get a ticket. Look, we might go. We might That'll go. That'd be nice. As a podcast. A little thing. enjoyable thing, yeah. Um, but yeah. Ben, we got to talk to lots of people at the Comic Con. We're going to do a video. You're yeah, going to do a video. I'm going to do a video, even though I wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> I think, Ben, look, inside the writer's studio here, I think it's better to have the person who wasn't there do it because. I'm more objective. Exactly, because I'll be looking at things going, I thought I was quite funny in that clip, and the rest of the world will be going, You weren't, though. Were you, you weren't, though, were you? Yeah, and that's pretty much why I exist on this podcast. I'm there to go, <laughs> That's not as funny as you think it is, Mick. Because I find myself very funny, you Ben. Do. As you do. Know. You frequently laugh at your own jokes, yeah, you smell I, your own farts quite I a do. bit. Because I, I have some of the best jokes. Anyway, Ben, what are we talking about? Speaking of formative experiences for a young Benjamin Colopy. Smooth. Vertigo is going to close down. Yeah, it's official, guys. Vertigo is gone. And uh, it's been cited as they just haven't been able to dig themselves up since Karen Berger uh, wandered on. Um, Karen Berger left DC Entertainment in general. Um, and they've never recovered from her. Le- they've never recovered from her leaving. Um, and the sales just haven't been good enough. I know it's, it's game over uh, for Vertigo, which is to me, yeah, just terrible. Um, Vertigo was a great line. Let's do a little in memoriam. Yeah, we will sadly say the names of some Vertigo series that and we then enjoyed. Play some background music. I will remember you because we can't actually put background Sandman. music in things anymore. Uh, I will remember you. Swamp Thing. <laughs> yeah. Then we have Scalped, which was kind oh, of... Oh, we're not sticking with this. No, no, no there's no way we're sticking with that. I can't, with that I can't. I'm not putting my voice in like that every time. Uh, Fables, one of the first things we ever covered on this here podcast. I wasn't a huge fan, to be honest. Yeah, I know. But it was one of the first things we ever covered on this podcast. Benjamin, Benzo. Is that not plugged it's in? It's not plugged it's in. It's not plugged in. <laughs> okay. for... I will <laughs> You keep going there. What look, else is there to go do? Constantine. Constantine. Hellblazer. Ben, I have to do it in the sad voice. Hellblazer, 1982 to 2017. Uh, what else, Ben? Oh, this is going to be one of these things again. There we go. Now it's plugged in. Um, look, uh, there are tons of series that came out of Vertigo. What are the good ones, Ben? The Invisibles. The, oh, yeah. The Invisibles is a big one that they did. Sandman, I said Sand, that. Sandman was one of, if not the thing that made people take comic books in the Western world seriously. Transmetropolitan? No. Transmetropolitan, yes. Was it? Was that Vertigo? I'm going to go out on a limb and say yes. Okay. But that is a possible future Ben's retraction. Okay. Good. Possible future Ben's retractions. But look, the quality that came out of that for, for many, many years, um, shame to see it go. One of the unusual things that's, that's come as a result of this, Michael, is they're releasing a movie soon based on a on a Vertigo property. Oh, do tell. It's called The Kitchen. Go on. Um, and it's based in Hell's Kitchen, as you may have guessed from that. 
apt title. That but, guy who made the Defenders, not the Defenders, the Avengers remake won't like that unless it's a kitchen full, not full of women. it's all about women. Oh, um, no. Basically. Is it a joke about women in the kitchen? It's, it's, a, it, it's, less of a, it's less of a joke about women in the kitchen and more of a kind of an intentional reversal of the traditional kitchen role of women. Oh, um, I see what they've done. I do all the cooking in our house. You do. You have, you have single-handedly subverted expectations. Although my lady does make a mushroom tagliatelle now. Yeah, which she only makes. <laughs> That's the only thing she makes. And she makes it a lot. So if you're it's coming over to dinner at Mix. Mushroom tagliatelle. It's delicious. <laughs> but it's it's frequent. It's frequent, but it's delicious. <laughs> um, when it, when it, it's a fascinating comic. It's about a group of mob wives Ooh. whose husbands are, are locked up. It's set in the 70s. The 1970s. At the, at the height of the Irish mob. Oh, it's Irish mob. Yeah, it's the Irish mob. Um, and it's a group of women who decide to run the organisation themselves Um, and it's called The Kitchen because they take over Hell's Kitchen Um, it's going to star uh, internet sweetheart Tiffany Haddish never heard of her Uh, you probably have in different things she's she's the black actress at the moment she's the big comedic black actress at the moment Tiffany Haddish smells like a radish Um, possibly I've never smelled Tiffany Haddish no Um, I've never smelled um, TV's Kevin Conroy just to I think they might have though I think they're lying Um, it also stars Melissa uh, oh her name escapes me Melissa John Frank Melissa John Frank Frank from Sabrina no she's not in it it's Melissa oh my god I can't remember her name Melissa Roach no no, she plays she's the comedic actress oh Melissa the comedian that was very unhelpful anyway she's in it well Melissa McCarthy Melissa McCarthy Doing a, a serious role oh. because it's not a comedy at all. Oh, I see. It's a black comedy, right? Not you, a hold on, you black, just like said Tiffany Haddish yeah, comedy. Oh, Jesus, <laughs> yeah, that, that wasn't necessary. Um, <laughs> you've just said it's not a comedy at all. It's a black comedy. It's a dark. Co- it, it's it's got moments of humour in it. Okay, moments if you of liberty. Watch the trailer, but it's a full vertigo property. Their name comes up at the beginning, and, and all. that's their last hurrah in many ways. Must be. Must is be. It's it a very a- popular comic. Is, uh, this getting a, is this getting a bloody cinematic release or is it just going to be on cinematic the release? Full Get out of here. We'll have to go see that, I suppose. Release. We will. It'll be good. Is it a good comic book? It is. It's very good. Noir. Noir? Noir. <laughs> Noir for the boys. Um, but yeah, very good. Uh, so that's an interesting thing that's come out of this. It's going to survive. I am going to miss Vertigo Comics. I still enjoy Vertigo Comics. Ben, I. Uh, you may well know this about me. I don't care who publishes comics. As long as it's a good comic, Mick doesn't care. I don't care. And often I don't know. Before we started doing this podcast, I didn't really know that I read a lot of Image Comics until you said, look at all your comics. They're all Image Comics. And I said, are Image they, Comics are very good. Are they, Ben? I said. Cited as one of the reasons Vertigo is closing down. Really? Vertigo cannot compete with their competitor's model for creator-owned comics. They can't offer the same deal. That's what they said, and what that means is we can't compete with Image because Image is the leader in creator-owned comics. Are they? What about yeah. IDW? No, no, IDW is more about they do um, properties, properties, isn't it? Yeah, IDW does properties, and they don't do them all all that good. I no, their original properties are very good. For example, to the right of me here yeah. is Lock and Key. Yeah, the Transformers, very good property. Don't know about the Transformers very comics. You're a fan. I'm not. One of them is good. One of them is good. That to me is a a, a firm miss, um, but <laughs> to other people maybe not. But image does. You know, you come up with an idea. You and I come up with an idea, Michael. Okay, Moon Knight. And we go no, an idea that hasn't been done before, Michael. Have you seen the internet's uh, petition to have Keanu Reeves star as Moon Knight? I'd, I'd watch that. I wouldn't. Well, I would obviously, but we'd have I'm, to. It's, I'm we kinda, have a podcast. I, I wouldn't be for it. Because the whole point of Moonlight is he has multiple personalities. And I don't think Keanu Reeves does. He doesn't have the range. He doesn't have the range. And that's okay. I'd yeah. see Keanu in something else. I saw Keanu in the Netflix film 
Always Be My Maybe. Did we no, talk about this? Was, no, we haven't. It's very good. But it's very funny. It's I've a seen very the good scenes. film with Marvel and DC's Randall Park. I enjoy it where he says, fight me, yeah. strike me. I, <laughs> it's yeah, very good. As you know, Ben, it's one of our ambitions to fight Keanu Reeves yeah. on the podcast. Randall Parks is a wonderful actor. I, I enjoy anything he's in. When Randall Park. Park. Yeah, Parks, yeah. Randall Park, I enjoy immensely. He he's makes me good. laugh in everything he's in. He does a rap. Fresh Off the Boat is excellent. Never seen, seen it, heard it's good. Great comedy. Mm. Great comedy. Big fan. Should watch it. Yeah. Jessica Jones just wrapped up. Oh, yeah, go the, on. How did that go? It went out with a bit of a whimper. Well, it would, wasn't it? Fine. Better than season two, I'd say. Well, it would want to be. But, uh, yeah, it didn't end with a snap, unfortunately. That would have, that would have been she good. Was the last one it? to reference the snap. Wouldn't that be good? Oh, that'd be great. That'd be great. That'd be great. Um, yeah. Also, be a great way to leave it. They all got snapped. Yeah. That's why we didn't see them in. Uh, well, then they would have come back. But we wouldn't have seen. We might not have seen it in the furore of the the portal. Yeah, and who would onslaught. have known to go get them anyway? Um, in interesting Endgame news, t- did you hear about the outrage on the Graham Norton show? No. Around Endgame, Tom Hiddleston. No. Holland. The, Tom Holland bloody spoiled the end of Endgame. Did he? Yeah. When? Because he says Tony Stark dies. When did on he say national that? television last Friday because he's promoting Spider-Man oh but I mean the, <laughs> yeah the ban was lifted but, but apparently the Graham Norton show got an onslaught of tweets being like thanks Tom Holland nah, and don't I don't get to complain about that yeah, that's I don't not spoilers think, but it was very funny that's not spoilers and that's of course stage. who jumped on it who jumped on this is actual news the bloody collider bloody yeah any Irish entertainment news oh, site Oh, that's that's relevant to Endgame. Put it in the press. Yeah, put it in the way very because um, that's what Irish media does. Yeah, that's not a spoiler. Everyone For all your that. comic news, I mean, come to us. We're better than like, most Irish media. No, no, hold on. It's <laughs> also um, true though. The trailer for Spider Man starts with the announcement that Tony Stark is dead. There's pictures of him on the wall, and it says, "I miss him." That's. All right, well, there's no room for logic here. Speaking of places, Ben, where there's no room for logic. Down with logic. We've seen the film Brightburn. Mm. That's mm. not how you... Oh, have you gone negative on it? Have mm. you gone... Have you gone negative on Have you gone negative on it? I was not it? celebrating it as we came out of that cinema. Ah, oh, you weren't. Throw, cast you, your mind back I, to I'll Wednesday evening. I'll cast my mind back now, like a young Michael Fassbender growing up in his days in Kerry. Ah, sure, look, no. You cast your mind back. Lucky it didn't hit me in the knob. <laughs> So Irish. <laughs> um, I, I was not a fan coming out of it. I thought it was sloppy. Um, I thought it was overacted in places. I yes, you look, vehemently I disagree. With vehemently me. disagree with you. Anyway, Ben, before we get into vague generalities, tell us very briefly. You son of a bitch! What the? What the? Where did that come what from? What the film is about? I don't know. I'm sorry. <laughs> what if Clark Kent was a bollocks? That's the film. Yeah. Uh, we were talking about this a few weeks ago, Ben, and we, look, this is going to go down poorly with our somewhat limited international audience because this film has been out everywhere else for ages. A donkey's age. But yeah. in Ireland, it only came out this week, which is like being back in the bloody 90s. Yeah, I don't, why did it come out so late here? I don't know. What caused that? I, I, I honestly don't know. Not a fan. But anyway, Ben, months ago, we speculated about whether this would be a film about nature versus nurture. It was not. It wasn't at all because, well, no, well, it was. It was nature, 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 nature. Yeah, exactly. There was no nurture whatsoever. There was no nurture whatsoever. It was no repeated attempts at nurture. It, well, it was no one's fault that he grew up evil. Yeah, and he just snapped. It was a puberty snap. It wasn't even a puberty snap. The bloody machine turned on. But I think that's, is it not coinciding directly with puberty snap? I don't think so because, Ben, tell us about brood parasites. Oh, 
So there's a very heavy-handed metaphor at the beginning where the little fella... Oh, bloody heavy-handed, you know what I mean? The little fella goes full Rain Man in class and his teacher asks him what the difference is between... He, he doesn't uh, go full Rain Man. And a, oh, yeah. he does. No, he does. There are 27 peanuts. He goes and ignores... Father, he, he, so basically, Tuesdays. he's asked for one difference. 27 peanuts. And 27. One is a pollinator. Yeah. And the other is a predator species and far more aggressive. And then the teacher says, good job, thank you. And then he just goes, and, and if you have a brute power, it's like, blah, 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 blah. Because that's uh, what this film's about. Because that's what this film's about. So He's basically, the, the concept is, he talks about how a certain breed of wasp mm-hmm. uh, puts its eggs in other hives. I would say species rather than breed, Ben, but that's the biological pedant in me. You are a pedant, do biologically. You a, do you have a bit of a biological pedant in you, Ben? No, I don't. <laughs> Do you like one? Uh, <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, Look, let's be honest about that conceit. We, we, did, we recorded that joke already and then the computer crapped out. We got bloody bright um, burned. So, Ben, we got burned again by our computer. But anyway, look, what were you saying? You were saying that he's a wasp. It, well, no, he says he's a wasp. Mm-hmm. Um, I said nothing of the sort. So that's the, the central thesis is is the idea that this this alien race. Alien. The aliens yeah. in space obviously plant these creatures. Mm-hmm. To be cuckooed by other people, not yeah. cuckolded. No, um, they get cuckooed. They in the nest, yeah. And it turns out that's not my bird at all. No, it's a bad egg. Um, it's a real bad. Presumably, egg. then the the spaceship or the aliens themselves make the alien look like whatever race it's going to the planet of. Assumedly, it assesses, yeah. and perhaps does some mindy, does scan, mindy, windy stuff or with people, yeah. and does a does a quick and, and then copies scan. Them. But we don't. We never see them pick up the baby. The trailer is very misleading. Um, well, in we the trailer, see we, we see, see them. A, we see it in a nightmare flashback. We see it in a nightmare flashback. But how realistic is that? Stolen straight from the pages of Frankenstein by Mary Shelley. Go on. Um, Victor Frankenstein, the aforementioned thing, sees his um, sees his fiance as a rotten corpse bearing a child. Oh yeah. Um, that is Frankenstein's monster. That's pretty common though in any zombie film as well. Yeah, but it comes from Mary Shelley. Mary Shelley. Mary Shells. M shells sitting in a bloody cabin writing a horror story. She did a great fucking job. Ah, uh, she didn't. Have you ever read Frankenstein? I I quite enjoy Frankenstein. Terrible book. Oh, okay. Terrible we book. Have very clear differences there. I think it's one of the best examples of a Victorian fantasy novel. Very good atmosphere. Terrible yeah. plot. Ah, yeah. But sure, look, you have to run around the the ice cap sometimes. Characters coming and going hither and fro. Oh, sure, look. look. All Victorian novels, if you think about it. What are we? Why are we talking um, about Victorian sorry, novels? Sorry, yeah. Um, so we watched Brightburn. Uh, let's give it a quick review there, Michael. Full spoilers ahead. Full for spoilers. I enjoyed it, Ben. I didn't think it was amazing, but I enjoyed it. Um, I thought it was quite poor. I I did. I thought it was very repetitive. Um, I would have called it Brightburn jump scare. Um, well, Ben, you don't like a horror film. You did sit there with your fingers in your I, ears. See, I'm very sound sensitive, listeners. Um, <laughs> and no. the, the problem is, if you want to make me jump, all yeah. you have to do is make a loud noise. Ah. Yeah, like that. And my body literally um, goes the wrong direction. It just doesn't like it. I don't like it. So the easy way to get me to jump is to have a loud noise. And I've never seen so many jump scares in a fucking film. Ah, you don't watch enough horror films. Um, and it was a very, a very swishy uh, kid. I, I did a very swishy kid. He's a very swishy kid. It's he does the he does the ghost glide a lot. Well, he's he like the, a scary whoo, Superman. Whoo. Um, it's also a very inefficient way to take over a planet because he seems to be biologically driven towards sadism um, and experimentation, which I didn't understand. Um, because if well, you were cuckooing something, look, surely you would go to the most efficient way to take over a planet. Maybe not though. Maybe he's here to test our weaknesses and stuff, and then the alien ship, the alien ship, will come and scoop oh, him up. And so go. he's experimenting to 
with our defences, with our biology, exactly what makes us tick. And then they can just come and scoop them up and go, look, this is everything. We've got a little capsule here that tells us everything we know about this planet. I actually think he would have been a better character if he was completely scientific in his weird experimentation, as opposed to a strange little sadist. Uh, Uh, For for evil purposes, obviously not. Well, for horror film purposes, it wouldn't be as good either. Yeah, I suppose. Um, Look, I thought the kid actor was great. I thought he was actually very good at being... At one point, a very likable young man, mm-hmm. and at another point, a very horrific young man. The thing about it is, I don't credit the kid that much. I credit the direction, mm. because a lot of that is all he did was like sit there quietly. Did um, it well, though. He sit there, sat there quietly. Well, better than most kids, I bloody tell you what. Fucking, fucking kids hey, these days, eh? Kids these days, give um, me a lip. One of the things that I found completely pointless but enjoyed quite a bit was the sexy teacher. The sexy biology teacher. You did. She was only in it for Who 45 was, seconds. And but why was she in it for 45 seconds? She's never called back again. And then I got confused because I thought it might be... The sexy aunt. The, sis, the sexy aunt. But no, there's two sexy blonde ladies working in the school. Yeah. And those are them. And I found that very confusing. Um, like it also arose. <laughs> That was a very, very small detail for you to focus on. Yeah. That, that was your cold... Very com- focused in that there. was your cold comfort during the horror film. Felt bad for stepdad. Felt bad for Cuckoo Dad. Um, thought but he was having a real... T- thought he was a real good dad at the beginning. Yeah, but then... Like, but then realised his son was a real bad egg. Yeah. Look, Ben, it is exactly what you think it would be. Or to quote Billy Eilish, he's the bad guy. That's a good song. I do, like do, it. Do, 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 do. Yeah, it's a great song. Yeah, Billy Eilish is very good. good. Good little song. Apparently she speaks directly to the psyche of the 14-year-old internet girl. Yeah, but sure, why not? Yeah, it's about time it's, they had a champion. It's about time. About time they had a champion, yeah. someone who gets them. I would I would watch a sequel to Brightburn. I wouldn't. Well, you would, I'd make you. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. For fear of coward's blood calling. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if you get much of a sequel out of it, Michael. Well, they kind of set up sequels in a little bit, in that there appear to be other super beings in the, in the planet. Did they? Yeah, there was an Aquaman at the end. There was a what? Wonder Woman. Ben, you were there. I was sitting right beside you. You're confusing it with Man of Steel. I'm not, Ben. You are. There was bloody Michael Rooker was up there on the screen and he was going, I tell you all uh, about this conspiracy. This man in the sea ocean, this witch woman with the ropes. So is it is it actually a thing of is it actually a thing of there's been a bunch of brood wasps inserted from different species and then we watched them duke it out over the planet? Possibly. Or How boring. Or um or they are where did I read this? I'm stealing this idea from somewhere. But yeah. or they are they were created by his pod to, to kind of test him to make him stronger. Oh, that he would encounter them. There Survival was also, of the fittest. There was also a picture of Rain Wilson from Super. Was he there? Yeah, he was in. The, he was in the the group. Very good. So that they're linked now. That's it's now the Brightburniverse. Inverse, like the Glassiverse. Yeah, but the Glassiverse was shit. I haven't seen class. Terrible. Anyway, it doesn't matter. What that got us thinking about, Michael? What got you thinking about? You got thinking about sexy teachers. Yeah, and also, but we sexy can't do a whole aunts. podcast on that because that's weird. Um, <laughs> so we're going to do a whole podcast on insidious alien races instead. Um, You're a bloody insidious alien race. It's true. I'm going to bright burn the shit out of you after this. <laughs> um, but basically, what we got thinking about was it, just the, the unsettling concept of certain alien races. What makes you uncomfortable? How mm. do they take over a planet? Mm. Do they do it sneaky, sneaky like, mm-hmm. or do they do it with sheer totalitarian brute force? Because mm. um, Brightburn is a little bit of both. Yeah, he's he's a sneaky little parasite, or he's a, a brute sneaky parasite. Little, yeah, yeah. Um, but he's also a brute forcer once he comes of age. Yeah, he's super. Um, so let's let's bloody take a look at that. They never really talked about what the design of the hood was about. 
I think he's supposed to look like an, an insect of some kind. Well, it, it does, it does look kind of waspy. Uh, it reminded me an awful lot of Morpheus's helm from Zaman. Yes, you're right, Looked Ben. very like it. You're right. A cloth helm. That's a very good point. A strong yes. shout. Uh, it looked very like that. Reminded me of that. Very insect-like. Very xenomorph-like in a way as well. Mm. The long snoot. Um, that's snout for podcast <laughs> listeners. But uh, yeah, they never really explained that. I think it's just meant to look Cthulhu-y. He looks mm. a little bit Cthulhu-y as yeah, well. Yeah, a bit insecty, a bit, a bit, a bit, yeah. I think it's just meant Cephalopody. to unsettle. Um, he takes great offence when someone says it's a fucking weird hood. Yeah, well, he doesn't he's like, like being it's not weird. weird. And he doesn't, yeah, he doesn't like that at all because he thinks he's special. Well, he is special. Well, he is special. He's just in all the wrong ways. Just also a prick. He's just also a fucking prick. Um, so that got us thinking of... <laughs> so join us next week when we talk about <laughs> how kids are pricks um, in films. What's your worst prick in a film? Um, so we got thinking about all the insidious aliens. That's what we're going to talk about today. Insidious aliens. Insidious aliens. Uh, one of the ones that I want to jump straight in with... Go on. Is, ...is Martians are a very common alien that we use to invade the planet. Bloody everywhere. Invaders from Mars. All the way back to H.G. Wells... Possibly even before. Yeah, H.G. Wells. But he was the one that kind of made them into a big bad. He was the one that kind of made them into a real big bad. And There was nothing insidious about them, though. No, they were brute force. They were yeah. a totalitarian race. One of the ones that is very insidious, though, is from one of our favourite comics here at the podcast, Invincible. The Martian mm. parasites from Invincible. So not the actual Martians from Invincible. Because they're all dead except one or two. No, no, no. It's the opposite. They were taken over by they're a slave race mm-hmm. on Mars Mars found this little parasite creature yeah um, and these parasite creatures they find a host and they latch on it's very like Starro from the DC universe I suppose it's the Invinciverse's um, version of Starro who is the the little the little thing that latches onto the chest of a superhero and takes over their mind but he's a big giant starfish isn't he and he just spouts he out the little, the little things yeah. yeah so that's a good example but in the Invinciverse Mm-hmm. Um, they need a solid host. That's what they. That's what they call suitable hosts. They're solid hosts, and Martians aren't because they have adaptive ah, biology. They're not the best host. So every time they tried to be injected, the Martian biology would almost autonomously adapt to fight that. So Martians in the in the Invinciverse are very powerful because mm. they have autonomous bodily shape shifting. Um, to defend themselves. It's like a, a, a an ultra responsive immune system. So that didn't work well. So what they did instead. Yeah. What they did instead was. Go on. They found a way to shock them into submission and they used them as a slave race because mm. Martians in the Invinciverse also aren't great. A bit of cowards. Um, cowards' blood. But but the thing that makes them very dangerous. The, thing the Martians or the, the parasite? Uh, the parasite is that if they do find a solid host, yes. um, they will take it over and fight back and try to fight it because that's how they found their way to, that's how they found their way to Mars in the first place. They came on a solid host that the Martians didn't understand. They're like, "Oh, who's this?" And then they realized it was a solid race that had been taken over by these little, uh, little, little aliens. Martian parasite things. Um, and they make me very uncomfortable, Michael, because as do we've f- discussed many times, do they fill you with a sense of creeping dread? Yep, yeah, they're parasitic, and I don't like parasites. Do they enter up through the bottom? Yeah, uh, no, they don't. They can latch on anywhere. Their favorite place is the base of the skull, mm. at the back. Um, and um, they hide in people's uh, digestive tracts. Mm, so um, one of the things that happens is uh, one of the arcs in the Invinciverse is that Invincible goes and saves some uh, human astronauts from Mars. Um, astronauts. But unfortunately, unfortunately, one of them stowed away his in, in his intestines. So he thought he was fine. And then he gets home to his apartment for the first time in years and he vomits. And out comes one of the little sneaky, creepy aliens and they latch onto him and then the infection begins to spread. Oh, so they, they can hide in your intestines. Yeah. 
but they don't control you from the intestines. No, they have to latch on to an outer organism. That mm. wasn't really explained. I don't know why it is. The way you tell if someone's being controlled yeah. is through jet black eyes. They get turned mm. jet black. So to avoid detection for complete autonomous goal, they hide in your intestinal tract. Very clever. Um, and then they emerge and take you over. Um, and they must have water and dark places to reproduce. I think they produce reproduce asexually. So it's kind of a, a thing. Horrific. I don't like um I don't like parasitic alien things. You can see me scratching my neck. Why are we doing an episode on it? You're sitting there scratching um, and getting all because uncomfortable. Because I, I think it's an interesting topic. You're, you're as sweaty as I am when I've yeah. had some jalapeno poppers. Oh, yeah, it makes me very uncomfortable. But that got me thinking of other ones. What did you think of? Well, what kind of things to make you Well, Ben, look, I mean, everything you've said there really applies to the aliens from the film Alien. Yeah. Oh. Because, Ben, I, I look, I'm not too comfortable explaining this because if you're listening to this podcast, you know what the aliens from the film Alien yeah, you don't, do. We, we don't need to go into this. It's a truth. But they exemplify and I suppose birthed the concept of some sort of gross insidious thing growing inside you it came from within because the the bloody as soon as you open that face mask Ben they'll lep up on you even if you're they'll, wearing a face mask they'll, they'll melt it they'll, they'll melt through it you. yeah but they prefer getting you if you're some sort of idiot and you've taken off your, off your face mask they get them a lot that way then they'll orally impregnate you which is a bit forceful, a bit gross. It's it's an allegory for something that we won't mention. And then you'll be bloody, then you'll be John Hurt and you'll be having your dinner. Poor old John. Which is very similar to the astronaut going back. And to his thinking, apartment. He's in a safe space. Thinking he's fine, having a bit of a bant, having some lols with his mates. He's not. And then he bloody explodes. Yeah. Well, he doesn't yeah. explode. That's the worst part. Because they need that. I suppose the key difference between Invinciverse, Parasite mm-hmm. and Alien mm-hmm. um, is they need the host intact. Because Who does? The, the, the aliens. The, the parasites need their host intact in Invinciverse. They need a solid to latch onto or they die. Oh, yeah, but that's the second stage of their life. Yeah, the second the, stage of their Not the hiding stage. Yeah, but they don't bur- they're not chest bursters in the same way. Because the aliens do do the gross thing of capturing live specimens. To experiment on them. Not to experiment on them, to, to impregnate them. To use them. them. Yeah. The comics are horrific. Have you ever read any of the alien comics? Yes. The conics get far more in-depth into exactly what aliens get up to. It's very uncomfortable. Are they canon, though? No, they're not, because they were Dark Horse. And yeah. Dark Horse lost the rights again. Get out of here, Dark Horse. Probably Dark to ITW. Horse. I love I love Dark Horse. Dark Horse makes some great comics. We're talking about aliens, not yeah, comics. Sorry. Anyway, moving on from there. So that got me thinking about the different ways in which aliens kind of try to take over the planet. I mean, there are humorous examples. There are non-humorous examples. Well, the aliens from aliens were going to take over the planet. In, alien, this planet. in the original Aliens 3. This planet? Un- well, in one of the Alien 3s. This here planet? This time planet here, yeah. Mm. Did they win? Well, it never happened because that oh. film hasn't been made. Oh. But every Aliens film relies more and more on human stupidity. Yeah, because once, once we actually going. assess that threat, they don't reproduce very well. If you know what they are. If you know what they are, because then you're just like... So you have to send some... <laughs> well, no, you can't just put your hand no, up. They'll get through the hand, Ben. They'll get through the hand. I know, they get through but the hand. But just you, stay away from the eggs. You would have... Yeah, you just destroyed the eggs when you find them. Don't get trapped in a room by Paul Reiser. Fucking Paul Reiser. No, he's a bad oh. egg. Um, yeah, but you just have to find the eggs. But Alien Covenant, if you remember, kind of took away a bit of the scariness 
that's fine. It kind of took away a bit of the scariness of the insidic parasiticness because we know as as a culture, as a society, even just common sense, we know you shouldn't be walking around without masks on an alien planet. But they're on an alien planet. You would never take your suit off. There is definitely a protocol in place for how these things are handled. Yeah, so any, and even if you go, if you go back to Prometheus, mm. the biology expert, the two scientists take off their masks and look at this creepy worm thing. You would never do that what in are you an doing? actual situation. What are you bloody doing? That's a trope that's uh, somewhat parodied in Ascension, not Ascension, Arrival. Arrival when uh, Amy Shooter. Adams, yeah. Amy Adams, Amy yeah. Adams takes off her helmet and everyone's like, what are you doing? What are you knocking off your helmet? Put your fucking helmet on. <laughs> Put it back on. What do you think this is? The film <laughs> Alien Covenant? You're going to get infected by because spores. The aesthetic established in Alien uh, Covenant and Prometheus is kind of parodied in Arrival as well. That kind of cold, clean, misty alien thing. The thing about... The thing about the alien films is they're very much uh, parasitic organisms on a macro scale. Like you can see Help them. Me. The the face hugger is coming yeah. at you like a big placenta, Ugh. a big, a big penisy placenta. It's coming at you. It's impregnating you. Bloody H.R. Geiger. And then the penis comes out of you and it starts running around killing all your mates, right? But you can see the whole time. You can see them. Yeah. They're very visible. They're very, very visible. If you have a modern medical imaging device, you're going to see that thing in that person. And, and you would probably be able to remove it in some form. Well, there's the whole thing of the acid blood and you can't cut them. Or, or you just kill them. But, you know. But anyway, you look. quarantine them at the look, very least. Let's say in the Star Trek universe, yes. it'd be very easy to deal with them. You just transport them out of the victim. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Any kind of advanced race would probably have a way of dealing with this. Exactly. Also, they'd almost definitely be known. Well, if something that dangerous was out there. Well, are they? The other thing about aliens is, are they a biological weapon? Were they designed by Michael Fassbender? Well, we don't know. Well, James Cameron, Jimmy C, Jimmy C, seems determined to tell us, but by making it about Michael Fassbender being gay for himself. Is that not Ridley Scott? Oh, that's Ridley Scott. Yeah. Did I say Jimmy C? Yeah. To be fair, they're interchangeable. They're both very arrogant old white men that (laughs) created one amazing movie and have been writing the coattails of it ever since. But they they do seem to be determined to make up some ridiculously convoluted multi-step Michael Fassbender-led reason. See, I haven't seen Covenant. It's about Michael Fassbender. Where Fashti gets a bit of an experiment on. Yeah, with himself. Is it himself? Well, there's a good Fashti and a bad Fashti. Oh, what? And the bad Fashti kind of seduces the good Fashti by playing the flute. And playing his flute, his own flute. Oh. It's a flute, Ben. It's Ooh. not a penis. A flesh that's not flute. What I'm saying. No. Oh. <laughs> oh. Isn't that the worst term you've ever heard? No. <laughs> I've heard worse. But anyway, um, what was I saying? Alien Covenant and Prometheus to an extent as well. They tried to, I feel, modernize the insidiousness of aliens by going mac- microscopic. Because they have the slivers of black goo. The little slivers of black goo that are almost imperceptible that's to the bit, naked eye. Yeah, that's a bit like Life, the movie that came out. That two everyone years thought ago. might have been a Venom's prequel. Should have been. Would have been better. Oh, Jakey G. Would have been better than a weird command ship ri- driven by aliens. Like they're an actual military. Oh, the movie force. Venom. Yeah. yeah, the movie Venom wasn't great. It wasn't. It was terrible. Go on, talk about the film Life. Uh, no, well, it's it's an insidious, unseeable thing that develops and grows. And the thing that always brings me a great sense of dread when watching films like this is the fact that I don't know what's going to happen. Right. And you know that something bad is going to happen, but you hate that the characters can't see that. You're mm. like, why are you doing that? Get away from there. Why are you poking it? Put your bloody mask back on. At a very, anytime you see an organism that seems to be learning or growing rapidly, you should put it... Put it in a tube and blast it with fire. Except Stitch. 
Oh, from Lilo and Stitch. Yeah. Yeah, but if it has Disney in the title, you're probably going to be grand. Yeah, but you don't know that Disney's in the title in life. Not the movie but life, he's furry. but in real life. He's furry. He's not slimy. Furry like, things are all right. Surely your primordial sense is to be like, oh, I don't like that it moves like a spider. Get away. I like spiders. Anyway. I, I love spiders, but we're biologically driven to avoid that kind of movement, aren't we? Like, yeah. That's where that primordial fear... The old, the old creepy tingly up yeah, the back. Yeah, the, the slimy, slivery. Like we're, we're biologically built to be like, Ugh. get it away from me. <laughs> Keep it away a, from my children. Yeah, there's a reason. Except there's that a, one, he won't shut up. <laughs> the reason aliens aren't furry is like part of the design. Well, no. Friendly aliens the are reason, furry. The reason aliens aren't furry is because H.R. Geiger loved a cock. He was obsessed. <laughs> he was obsessed. Based on the idea then that furry aliens are kind of, big furry things are friendly and like inky creepy jointed yeah. things are kind of scary and creep inducing why does E.T. look like a ball bag because Steven Spielberg doesn't give much of a crap about character design oh um, Ben versus Steven no, Spielberg let's pick this fight Ben Steve, no Steven Spielberg makes fantastic films but mm-hmm. when it comes to creature design and stuff like that there's a lot of phoning in that goes in there you see that shark bloody heck that was a scary shark that was a scary scary shark in the 70s um, but yeah it's still scary today. Let's be honest. I'm not. Anyway, I'm not here to pick apart Steven Spielberg. He makes a good film. What I was saying was Ben. Yeah, go on. The 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 new. As you know, I'm a child of the of the 80s and 90s, Ben. And the really terrifying thing for children of the 80s and 90s was uh, bloodborne disease, mm. specifically AIDS and HIV. And I think a lot of the kind of spooky, scary alien races were AIDS based. Were AIDS based. Um. The one that the well, not entirely AIDS based. No, I know. But let's say, for example, the Borg Ooh. from a Star Trek, because the Borg will come. They'll inject you, and they're needles. You're, with needles. They'll inject you with needles, and then your needles. blood will be taken over, and you'll become a Borg. And they, you no, know what I, I mean? Like now, it. I don't think uh, a lot of the rest of the Borg isn't that insidious. They're kind of a big threat that can just go up and go. We are the Borg. Resistance is futile. That's assimilate. not insane. It's like Cybermen. You will be assimilated. <laughs> BBC. Where are you going? Stole. Where are you going with this? Assimilation. Is assimilation what the Cybermen say? Uh, they say you will be assimilated. Do they? Yeah. They do. BBC uh, yeah. stole it from the Borg. Are the Cybermen not older than the Borg? Star Trek stole it from the <laughs> It doesn't matter. Uh, go on. In the blood. Yeah, so there's lots of, uh, unlike aliens, which is a macro parasite. It's the thing that you can see coming with it. That penisy placenta is coming Ooh, at me. Oh, I don't like that. Run away. As opposed to you're just walking down the corridor of your spaceship and then you get injected in the neck and then you start being a bit funny. And you don't have a choice. Yeah, and you start acting all weird. You're changing from the inside. Yeah, mm. and that's a real kind of creepy spookiness. That's not fun. That's not fun for anybody. Mm. Speaking of the Borg. Go on. I thought you and I would tackle one of the things that brought me great horror. Probably my first introduction to the concept of cosmic horror um, was... You know, two years ago, you said first introduction, and I laughed at you. Oh, but yeah, now, cause... But it has seemed to enter the common lexicon. I've heard hundreds of people say it now. I don't, I don't think it was necessarily your... Either you've coined the term... No, I definitely have Or that piece of vocabulary is changing. Yeah. Uh, first introduction is now I'll a thing what, that people say. I'll say it twice. One, one for you and one for the common one for the, the My introduction, or first introduction, <laughs> to the concept of cosmic horror was probably way back when I first attempted to do Warhammer 40k. You're a Warhammer. Uh, thank you. That's what many people call me. <laughs> um... 
and it was the Necrons. I picked up the Necrons because I thought the Necrons were fucking cool. Um, They're just they Terminators. Were, they were metal skeletons. Yeah, um, skeletons, I believe with, it's pronounced. With glowy guns. Um, and I quite liked that. And so I picked that up and I picked up the codex for it. And I read about how the Necrons work. Right. And they were just unstoppable, just juggernaut of horror. <laughs> And how they assimilated anything they came across and their big bloody pyramid things with their, their skeleton overlord Egyptian thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was my first kind of introduction to this slow, creeping horror of the universe, the dark part of the universe that comes out of it and no one can resist. And then I read all the other codexes mm-hmm. and they're all the same. But initially... <laughs> Everything's grim and terrifying. Everything is unstoppable. in the, Except for the Tau. The yeah, Tau yeah. seem to they're be nerds. kind of... They're yeah, nerds. They're, they're, they're communists. They're Japan. They're, the tower they're just Japan communist Japan nerds in space. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they were, f- were kind of okay, but even the humans and the Imperium were kind of well. The bad, the humans in Warhammer are the bad guys. Yeah, they're the and then the Brood were there. Was it the Brood? No, the Hive, the Tyranids, the Tyranids. Thank you. It's hard. There's so many aliens in 40k is mm-hmm. what we're going to call them. Ridley Scott's attempt at 40k. Um, and they they always creep me out, Michael. And I was doing a bit of research on them, and they had a, a classic kind of ancient uh, ancient bit of of space lore. They used to be a proud race of artists and poets and blah blah blah. The Necrontier. Yeah, the Necr the Necrontier. That's it. And then they decided to uh, they they had a bit of a schism, an an ism for your schism, or a schism for your ism, or a schism, um, or a schism. Is schism the correct way to pronounce it? Doesn't don't matter. Know. Anyway, they had a bit of a, a societal schism, um, and they split up. And one guy decided, right, lads, I'm going to bring us all together again. And it brings us all together again, but I need a common enemy. He avengered them. Um, and the common enemy that they decided to take on was the the old ones, mm. who are definitely a callback to Cosmic Horror. Yeah. Um, and also, just just a terrible idea. They have near omnipotence in the 40k universe. In the 40k universe, the old ones are pretty much good. Yeah. And they decided to take these lads on, and it goes horribly. Um, mm. So they decide to upgrade themselves to try and take them on a bit better. That background that you've been discussing has been largely retconned, Aww. I think. They um well then never mind this is irrelevant no it's not irrelevant because it's an interesting thing on like how game backgrounds or even fictional universes develop so what's the new Necron background I'm not entirely sure Ben I'm gonna have to be honest with you oh, no. but the Catan or the Satan okay ancient star vampires oh yeah but they're physic they exist in the physical universe not the immaterial warp universe the warp so they spasm. hate the warp they hate magic and but they're vampires. But they're star vampires. They suck stars dry. Oh, so it's a bit of a science versus spirituality thing. Yeah, there's, oh. a, there's a touch of that about them. Interesting. And then they make a deal with the Catan, I think, to give up their physical bodies. And the Catan will provide them with living metal bodies. The so they body. can The Necron body as opposed to the Necron tier. And then as they die and they get rebuilt every time... They lose more and more of their finger quotes humanity because they're not humans, mm-hmm. and they become more and more autonomous robotic, robotic killing machines, mm. as opposed to the leaders. I could be wrong on this because I'm not that I don't know that much about them, but as opposed to the leaders who maintain maintain most of their personality. Yeah, because the leaders are always very animated in the, mm. the poses that you see those little figurines in. Um, a few Necrons there, but they're very. Uh, I liked the dull, unceasing, relentless. So did I. Uh, quality of it. When and it horrified me at the same time. I was like, why do I like this? This is awful. I actually bought the White Dwarf magazine. This is becoming a Warhammer podcast. Well, I bought the White section. Dwarf magazine when the Necrons were first introduced. Oh, well. And there were only five or six different models. And they were 
completely unknown. They were just these metal skeletons that rose up out of the sands on some desert planets. Nice. Raided, seemed invulnerable, seemed invulnerable mm. killed whatever they could, and then disappeared. Took some stuff. And there was, no, no, just wiped things out. Oh, that's they the purpose. Wa- yeah. And Eradicators. They seemed to hate life, possibly. Okay. And then disappeared as suddenly as they appeared. Oh. And that was the end of it. Oh. And then the background got layered on top of it and layered on top of it and layered on top of it and they started absorbing aspects of cosmic horror and... I remember one of the ones I really disliked in, in that and we're, we're still on Warhammer guys sorry about this <laughs> but they had like a, a reaver species that had like a lot of sharp things and they would flay their victims and wear their skin. They're flayed ones. They're, flayed ones, that's it. They're necrons who have enough of their finger quotes humanity left that they've gone mad. Oh. And depending on your version of what you're reading, they either wear the flesh as infiltrators. So they're kind of inspired by Terminator in a way. Or they do it because they're trying to regain their finger quotes humanity. And they think that's a correct way to do it. Or. That's horrific. Or they're doing it for terror purposes. To terrorize as a, their as, enemies. A, as a war tactic, it might work, but if they're trying to regain humanity by wearing other people's skin, that's grosser. Oh, yeah, that's, that's grosser. You forgot to do air quotes when you said humanity. Very sad. Sorry, humanity. Mm. The air quotes were there. You can really hear the change. Can't very you? good. Yeah, very uh, good. <laughs> but yeah, apart from that, like looking at some of the other ones, one of the funny examples I found was uh, as, if, if you've ever seen Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, Vogons are a good example. You're a bloody Vogon. They they obliterate the planet to make way for a uh, highway. <laughs> Because they're bureaucrats. There was a hint in Men in Black International that the guys who were threatening to blow up Earth if they didn't get their prints back were Vogonish. Oh, okay. Did you see Men in Black International? No, I didn't. Oh, you didn't? Okay, sorry. I didn't. Um, but I don't care. To throw back earlier, Ben, to what you said about the kind of creepy uh, Martian aliens. Have you ever seen... I know we talked about this. We did a whole episode about this. Yeah. But my absolute living terror of insidious aliens were the weird potato men from... Um, Invaders from Mars the 1980s remake I don't know that by Tobe Hooper oh remember we talked about it oh we did actually and potato they, people the potato people and they abduct you and their yeah. leader is a brain and they they stick a bloody needle in the back of your neck remember and they replace you and they make a clone of you with the yeah it's a the, classic body snatcher pod it's, people it's thing bo- yeah it is yeah. it's a classic body snatchers pod people creepy insidious replacement scrolls it was parodied quite well in the world's end with Edgar Wright where people that's have a been good replaced. film it's a great film great film yeah unexpected ending doesn't get enough yeah I like an ending where they bloody they stick lost. to it yeah I mean it's up there with Endgame and oh my god I can't believe they actually did that yeah yeah um, I remember leaving it when I was younger Not going game, sorry, Infinity what War. a load of bollocks did um, you? yeah but now I've watched it again because I I, I I suppose when it initially came out 2011 oh I don't know 13, 14 I don't know I'd be guessing I initially came out being like what a jip what a jip um, and I wanted a happy ending but now I've I've <coughs> through through the podcast and and through other things, through I've learned maturity. that happy endings aren't love, Michael. <laughs> They're just there to get rid of you out of the bedroom. Um, no, um, I've learned that not all movies have to have happy endings. That's quite grim. Sometimes a, a continuation is is not so bad. But the I always remember I watched the Donald Sutherland invasion of the Body Snatchers, and she thinks she's met a friend, and then all of a sudden at the end he does that bloody scream, the scream, the, the ah! scream, and it's like With the open oh, mouth and the pointing. Oh my goodness! Yeah, that's very scary. Um, very scary. Excellent bit of of, of old school alien a- alien alien horror. Yeah, bloody terrifying stuff, wasn't it? The X Files had the thing as well, where the oh, it the, was the goop. The, they had the goop. The Eden virus. They had the was black it, goop. Was it the Eden virus? The black virus. And do you remember a show we've talked about a little bit before as well? Um, the UFO one was kind of X Files with Jerry Jerry bloody what's her name in it? Jerry Ryan. 
I we vaguely talked about remember it. talking Dark about this. Dark Skies. Dark Skies, yeah, that was called. That had the grey aliens, the classic grey aliens. Greys. But they were mind-controlled by a, a more insidious evil species. There you go, see? It's always, it's always going on. It's always going on. There's always some insidious evil. control Do you know the Magog from our favourite show, Andromeda? No, I don't. They're big, furry, insecty things. Ooh. And they'll capture you and put their eggs in you, and then their eggs eat you alive like wasps. Big evil bumblebees. Like big evil wasps, but oh, hairy okay. wasps. Who, oh. Yeah. Good example of hairy aliens that aren't cute and cuddly. Yeah, it is actually. Mm. Thanks. Good inversion of the trope there. But also, the Magog never became particularly popular or influential in pop culture, probably for that reason. Because they make people uncomfortable because they're big and furry. Because they're big and furry and their backstory of being kind of parasitic Organisms. people eaters doesn't match with the look of what they are. Also, the guy who played the main Magog character, Rev Bem hated the makeup or was deathly allergic to it and so he left the show after season one that's fair mm-hmm. I mean deathly allergic to latex makeup is not a good look if you want to stay alive very poor look yeah very poor look for it in that regard so <laughs> overall ladies and gentlemen <laughs> look out for aliens what look we're out saying. for aliens watch out for those bloody macros watch out for the micros just mm-hmm. just, just keep your eye on the skies can't look out for the micros that's the thing that's the problem the big ones will come easy oh there's one there there's one there. I'm going to stay Second, away from that. Is that an egg that I've never seen? I'm not going it. to touch that. The other ones, though, they go up your nostril or they something. Go up your nostril or into your blood. Slip up very quickly, and you yeah. always have the sneeze. And you're like, oh no, it's in. Ben, we've been talking about insidious aliens, and we didn't even talk about the bloody John Carpenter's the bloody thing. Oh yeah. Oh, the thing. Like that's the original insidious bloody alien, isn't it? Or the one that. Oh man, the blood test is still one of the greatest sci-fi scenes of all time. I know. And uh, we've gone all this long and we, you were about to wrap up the podcast and we really didn't well, talk about get it. Get on it there now. It's very good. It's a good film. <laughs> it's a great fucking film. Good, good, nailed good. it. Go and watch it. Yeah, go and watch <laughs> it. It's nailed good. it. No, that's amazing in terms of all the, the big kind of alien. That you've got a touch of body horror there. Yeah. You've got the enemy within. Yeah. You've got a great classic ambiguous ending. Yeah, the blood. Uh, where people have tried to work it out. Where is he inside this one? Is he yeah. inside that one? Well, he doesn't go inside them, remember. He well, is he, them. He is them, yeah. yeah. Well, it depends. Like he's in your man's well, blood, and he has to cut the no, hand off, doesn't he? No, no. The the thing is him. The, oh, yeah, it yeah. looks like the man, but it's not. But it's it's a shapeshifter. Yeah. It doesn't really. It doesn't. No. It, does it assimilate you? I don't it, think it, it assimilates you. No, because the dog is inside the. Does it not the, just copy the, the dog? Him? Oh, maybe it is. I think maybe it just eats, eats you. And, I think it just then, eats you, yeah, and, then, and then uses part of that to copy you. Yeah, I always felt bad for those dogs. Well, I mean, a dog gets it in Alien Three as well. Fuck. And then the dog alien. Stop killing dogs, Hollywood. Well, that's how you know aliens mean business when they kill a dog. There's a whole trope called aliens are bastards. (laughs) Most of them are. (laughs) It's a great trope. Any Marvel race is an aliens are bastards trope. There's not a single decent sound alien out there in the Marvelverse. There's no strange people that don't act the prick. Hmm. Yeah, we'll do it on a future episode. Yeah. Why are all aliens in Marvel a pack of pricks? Um, anyway, look, do you have any favourite aliens that we've missed? Are you more afraid of a parasitic alien or are you more afraid of a blood alien? I don't like the blood um, aliens because they're still parasites. Yeah, it is a type of parasite. Get out of my blood. Get out of my blood. Oh, I'm so itchy after this episode, Michael. I've got I've got hives. It's awful. It's made me uncomfortable. I'm shuddering. But what did we miss? What what kind of formative aliens? What were your first introductions to things? <laughs> what formative aliens? I He's hate just it. Shaking his head I hate the it. Side. Um, Mick, by the way, today, if no one can see and you can't because this is an audio medium, um, is wearing sunglasses. He's had only sunglasses on the top of his head. He's given a little flex there towards the end. I've got my sunglasses on and my Punisher t shirt. I look like a real prick. He looks like a, a Florida <laughs> off duty cop. Um, Excuse me. He's trying man. to help. 
there's a video of him trying to get a gun off somebody in a Texas shootout. Yeah, excuse me, ma'am. I'm <laughs> officer, the, give I'm me your the, gun. I'm officer, the, I can help. I can help. Fuck off, Dan Bilzerian. <laughs> hi, ma'am. I'm the underwear inspector. Um, oh. And on that wonderful note, we are on Instagram. We are on YouTube. YouTube. We're everywhere. There's going to be a new Comic-Con video up, uh, hopefully by the end of the week, if Ben gets his finger out of his arse. Ben's doing it um, so it won't be by the end of this week. Uh, I'm going to give it a go. I'm going to give it a go. Um and I got the last two part around on time. No, they were pretty. That was pretty a much good. bigger video. Yeah. Um, we are there. We're on Shomer Bjork. If you want to take a look Shomer at our Bjork, new website, um, Spell it for people, Ben. For the S E O M or A B E A G dot com. Yeah, very good. Um, it means tiny room in Irish. Shomer Bjork. It means tiny room in Irish. And um, if you haven't had enough of this week, we dropped our third uh, episode of collecting issues. There, we took a look at the wonderful world of Mister Miracle. It's if our more into, serious and focused podcast. If you're into uh, totalitarian space races as opposed to insidious space races, check out Apocalypse. Have a look at that. Yeah. See what's going on there and technically new genesis yeah. in the new retcon version tell them about what one we're doing next week uh, we're going to be taking a look at bloodshot reborn next week um, yeah. which is all about bloody para- blood, blood, blood parasites uh, blood nanobots that um, seems like we planned it God, but we didn't realise so, it until just so, now <laughs> so much synchronicity and synergy in this uh, in this podcasting world um, we've just been doing it too long anyway that's all from us this week uh, stay away from any weird alien eggs bye bye it's the blood